0: You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. So today I want to talk to you today about the spirit of peace. Um, When I share this with you today, last week we talked about the spirit of wisdom. Today we're talking about the spirit of peace. And what does it mean to have the spirit of peace? I'm I'm not afraid of, let me just say this real quick. I didn't ask you to wear a mask because I'm afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I ain't afraid of you. And Look, if you get around me, I got allergies and junk. So, like, uh, you might think I had something, man. If you hear me, I'll be like, ha, 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 you know. But it's not. I had to tell somebody backstage, I'm like, hey, like, I don't have the COVID cough. They said, yeah, that's what everybody says right now. It's allergies. <laughs> you never know. But, uh, but the reality is, I mean, here's the deal. The reality is I have two at-risk employees. Um, I have one employee in a quarantine deal right now because they was around somebody that had something. Can't be here. And uh, they don't have anything. But I'm just saying you have to do the pr- – because you don't know. You don't know, so that's just the reality of where we're at. And man, I, I don't need to, uh, I don't need to drop down any more employees. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm not afraid of this. I'm being using wisdom. We talked about last week the spirit, spirit of wisdom. So today I'm talking about the spirit of peace. The difference between the two. Yesterday I worked at our house. Um, my friend Jason and I were helping doing some stuff yesterday. But after that I went out to our house, and my grandmother lives. You know where we. Our house is, and I still maintain the place because it's, it just, if it don't, it turns into a jungle, and and so I got there and cutting all the the land, cutting the grass, I'm edging and doing stuff, especially around her house, man, we got it all manicured, looking great, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and my daughter's out there hanging out with her, some, helping out, and uh, she's at home, hopefully she's watching. My mom, if she's not watching, holler at her, go tell her, get in there, and she needs to be at church right now, so she's probably watching. She probably is watching, hopefully, right? So she was up early this morning. I know she is. I'm just messing with you, baby. So after I got done, though, you know how when you finish mowing the lawn and you cut stuff and you're finished or maybe you clean the house, you're done, how great it looks? Well, that's why I looked back and I thought, job well done. Job well done. It's looking good, you know. And I told Haley, I said, you know, it's so nice out there. Ava was playing out there. She was on, swinging on their old swing set and just playing and stuff like that. we had been there, it's crazy, a year and a half. Like, it's how long ago since we have been out of this house. And I looked back on it, and I told her, I'm like, it's so nice. It's so pretty. Like, when you get everything done, it's so pretty outside. Is, it's, uh, I mean, look, my grandmother made a peach. Co- we haven't had peaches on that tree in years. Guess what we have this year? Peaches. She made a peach copper that was dynamic. She did one a few weeks ago with like Splenda or whatever that false sugar is, you know. My grandmama can cook, but listen, Splenda would Splenda would mess up Emeril Lagasse. You know what I'm saying? Even he can't cook with Splenda. She made one this time with real sugar. The peaches were dynamic. We had grapes this year. Man, grapes and I can't even remember figs, grapes, and then all of a sudden, you can believe this. All of a sudden, I told her this. You can believe this. Pecan tree was planted, I don't even know how many years ago. I was maybe just driving at the time when we planted this for my grandparents. Guess what it has this year? Yep. The whole time I've been there, no pecans. None. I've thrown junk in it, fertilized and everything. This year did nothing to it. Guess what? Pecans. I'm telling her all this stuff. She's like, honey, I know it. I I get what you're saying. It's pretty out there and all that kind of stuff. But here's the reality the reality is. You remember what it was like when it flooded? You remember what it was like, all the chaos and how it looked and how it was, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It's funny how when you, you, you can look back on something, it's funny how that is, right? You, you can look back on some things at time, and you look back and think, well, it was better over there. And it'll make you want to kind of go backwards because you think, well, look how much better it was. And in, in the land of Goshen, it's an interesting, if you go back and read in the Exodus about the land of Goshen, now if you're studying research this, I'm not going to give you a history lesson on this, you can read it and do all that, but the land of Goshen, there's another place in Goshen in Israel, this I'm referring to in the, in the side of the Exodus, okay, where they lived. most people, the scholars believe that they lived somewhere down on the Nile Valley, River Valley, it would have had to have been close because the, the Israelites were building all the things and the structures for the Egyptians, so you know it wasn't, you know, like 4,000 miles away, it was very close, and so... The thing about Goshen, though, the land of Goshen, is, if you're home, you might want to go check this out as well, but Goshen was a place of peace. The land of Goshen was a place where it was given to the Israelites when Joseph came in to take over, and he became the prime minister of Egypt and helped them get out of a very tight spot, and a famine, and all these different things. Joseph was there. They were given the land of Goshen to settle in, and this region began to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and the Israelites, they multiplied there to the point that the new Pharaoh at the time of Moses said, we can't handle them anymore. We better do something because if they keep growing like they're growing, they're going to take over everything. And so the land of Goshen, though, is interesting when you read your Bible. During all of the plagues, do you know what land was safe? Goshen. Like I bet, you know, some of the Israelites, they were probably there. They're looking out in the, going the door going, hey, boys, there's hail in Egypt today. Like, look at this, look at this. Oh, there went the Sphinx, just lost its nose. I mean, you know, they're looking out there, shut the door, but their homes, nothing was destroyed. The Bible says that their homes were fine. Their cattle, their their, their donkeys or whatever else they had, may have had, you know, as best as they had there, they were fine. That area was protected. And the Bible says, and you're going to read this later, I'm not going to get all this right now, but the Bible teaches this, that after they left Egypt, there was a group of them that wanted to go back and do you know why because listen when you're staring down a red sea when you've seen an egyptian army when you're living 40 years in the wilderness eating manna come on somebody no matter what you think how holy that was you got to know after a while manna got old you can salt it, put pepper on it, Heinz 57, some Tabasco, and pff, caging that stuff up a little bit if you want to. Manna is manna. It's every day. It's the same thing. They got tired of it. Not only did they get tired of it, they got t- tired of hearing about Joshua and Caleb talking about, let's go into the promised land. They are tired of hearing them yahoos too. So here they're faced. They can't go back because of this. Egypt, Egypt's destroyed. They can't live in the wilderness because it's driving them crazy. They don't want to go to the promised land because they see giants. But the only thing they feel comfortable with is let's just go back. And I'm telling you this today because Goshen was a land of peace even during chaos. But just because things were peaceful in the past in some place in some memory that you had like maybe in January of 2020 before it went south doesn't mean that if you could get in a time machine and go back and do a time heist like the Avengers or something doesn't mean that things are going to be better. Just because you go back, you think you're going to change it. You're not going to change it. For some reason, we think we're in control of the seasons and the times and everything else. And all of a sudden, we have realized we are not in control of anything. And what a wonderful place to be in. Because now we have to force ourselves to be dependent upon God. So let's talk a little bit about the spirit of peace. Now, I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. don't have time to get into all this, but I'm going to read you a few scriptures this morning. First of all, you need to understand that Jesus is the prince of peace. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us this, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and watch this, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and watch this, Prince of Peace. It means this, in the kingdom of God, there is peace. There is peace, there is peace, even in the middle of chaos, there is peace. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, or we would say understanding. It's the peace that passes all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you right now, if we don't have peace in our minds or in our hearts, then it's not from the Lord. I'll tell you that right now. You can live in the middle of this mess right now and still have peace. If if we follow the Holy Spirit. And by doing so, This is what I want to share with you this morning, is we need to be led by peace. If you're at home right now, listen to me right now. Be led by peace. That's why I challenged many of you weeks ago, and I appreciate you following the Holy Spirit. If you didn't feel like you needed to be here, then you did the right thing. And I support you in trusting God in that process. I do. Be led by peace. Colossians three fifteen says this: Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. What that simply means is this: You ever watched baseball? Um, I know you hadn't in a while because it's been it's been gone. But if you do like baseball, there's a guy that tends to run the show, and he is the umpire. You know, I always like watching these guys because they're so demonstrative. You know, they're like, and there's a a ball's just a you know whatever. Are they or what, ball? What is it? That's that's a, a struggle he do that, right? What's what's the ball? He just wh- which one is it? Y'all don't know either, do you? Yeah, because they're boring. That's why you don't pay attention. That's boring. You know, nothing's exciting until he gets down to that second strike. You know, that first one's kind of mm. second one's like. I mean, he's waiting on that on the third when he gets down like this. He's looking, and man, if that third strike, comes, ah! I mean, it's like judo or something. Man. It's a slow motion, too. I mean, these guys have the craziest job ever, you know? They're mad. And the guy gets mad. If you watch the years of Bo Jackson, I love watching Bo Jackson play baseball. Man, I let, whenever he struck out, I was, I was just waiting for that. Snap! Breaking the bat over his leg. I thought, man, I'm going to do that one day. If I broke my leg trying to do a Bo Jackson. But those guys, what they do is they, they rule the game. And by doing so, they're the one, no matter what you say, I don't care. You can fight for your rights, you little American you. If you want to declare your, you can fight for it all day long, but I'm telling you, if the umpire says it's a strike, there's no replay. Well, not yet, anyway. It's probably where it's going. Like football, take five hours because you got to check is it a catch, is it not a catch. If he gets to that, I'm done anyway. Like they they rule the game. They say no, it's a strike. No argument. You can break the bat, throw the umpire, whatever you want to do. He rules the game. Peace is like an umpire. When the umpire says it, that's it. If he says this is good, then move on. it. If he says this is not good, you can fight for your little rights all you want to as a little Christian and declare all kind of scripture. I don't care what you declare. I don't care what you read. I don't care how much you pray and snot and cry and everything else before God. He says, nope. I'm telling you right now, he's done ruled, he is the one that's, in, he's the prince of peace, he's ruling over, and if he says no, that means it ain't going to happen. I don't care how much you pray about it, oh God, Paul even said, oh Lord, please take this off of me, please take this away from me, and people declare, is it sickness, disease, whatever, we don't know, it don't matter, it was rough, whatever it was, it was a thorn in the flesh, Right? This is his descriptive form. Just like the Bible described the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus as a dove or like a dove, not not a dove. It looked like it. They described it as such. Paul's described now had a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan came to buffet me, to beat me down, to try to get me to quit. And I begged the Lord three times. You know, you ever done it? Of course you have. Don't look at me so holy. You've done it at home. You've done the same thing, right? You have begged the Lord before. God, please stop this. Please stop. God, I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm asking. And no matter what you do, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you declare, God, I don't like this boss. Please give me a new boss. Please give me a new boss. He's a jerk. She's mean. She's rude. And it doesn't change. And you've cried and you've fasted and you've prayed. But the whole time, you know, in here, it ain't going to happen. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time because peace is an umpire. And watch this. If you fight against the umpire, what happens in the game? Eventually he's like, you're out of here. I mean, he gets all excited when he throws somebody out, especially a manager. He's just throwing his thumbs on everything and he gets right up in their face. Man, of course he does. He's got all this grill stuff on him, a face thing. Of course, you're the man because you wrapped up. You take all that stuff off. You might not be so bold, right? But he knows he's in control. And so many times I think as Christians, we fight against the umpire of peace. Wondering why does God, you know, let me just tell you something. Look, I brought up our house thing. You know, you think a year and a half, that's plenty long enough, don't you think? I don't know about you. You think it ought to go lean longer? Of course not. Anybody that thinks so, You? I ain't talking to you after church. <laughs> that's a long of plenty, okay? But here's the funny thing. I've learned a lot through that process. A lot. I mean, a lot. And our families learned a lot about this. Um, but no amount of work I try. I was on the phone with FEMA for two, three hours a Friday. Didn't matter. Didn't change a thing. You can fight all you want and push all you want. I'm telling you, some things you just can't move. And you just got to trust the Lord in it. So always, always be led... By peace. <clears throat> sometimes peace comes in the waiting and sometimes in the going. How long are you going to wait, Pastor Jody? How long you wait for y'all to do something with the house? I don't know. I don't have any idea. I wish I did, know. And sometimes our emotions will tell us one thing, and our flesh wants something else. But watch this. What is our heart saying? What's in here? What's the umpire of peace saying? Isaiah 55, 12 says this. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. That means, listen to me, if you're right now in the season, well, like most of us are, questioning why and what and what's next and everything else, let me tell you what, what's on the inside of you, though? Where is peace at? Because the Bible says you can go out with joy and be led forth, but that's not going back. That's not going back. I'm sorry, I'm tired. I'm sorry, we are not going back. Like, I know there's a whole group of people like, oh, I just wish things would be back like they were. I wish the, the little children could have everything like they used to have, and I wish we could have all of our football games, and I wish we could have... Who cares? I don't give a rip about any of it. I'm tired of it, all of it. I don't care to go back for any of it. All I'm concerned about is what does God want to do going forward? What does he want to really do? I don't know. We can talk all day long about what we used to have. If you ask anybody who's older, anybody, that's <laughs> asked ask them the question. They talk about the glory days and how great they were. Ask them. Some of the people, my great-grandmother lived through the Depression. I, oh, How good is it? It wasn't that great. They lived through the Great Depression. It wasn't that great. It's called the Great. It wasn't great, though. Ask some people, well, how was it back when you know you just, man, did she saved butter buckets? Because she grew up without anything. It's not always great by just looking back. What we have is the now and moving forward. And that's where God is. God, I don't know if you've looked at this, uh, God isn't a God of the going back. He's a God of the going forward. He really is. And the decision that I've had to make, and I, I want us all to do this, is get our mind to slow down, yield to God, and understand that we are either going to be led by this or by this, or going to be led by our hearts. Romans 8, 6 says this, for to be carnally minded is death, but it to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It means this I can either be led with my emotions, led with my mind, led with my flesh, get angry at everybody and everything, be frustrated with the whole situation, voice my opinions so strongly and so clearly. I can do all these different things, but in the end, does it bring any more peace to my home or to my family, to my job or to my friends or to my church? And if the answer is no, then I'm being carnally minded. Now, we don't like to talk about that. We don't like to think about that. No one wants to agree with that, do they? Well, no, not me. I'm not carnally minded. I'm a spiritual person, Pastor Jody. I'm very spiritual. Whatever. We're all carnal at times. Let's just be real. You can look at your neighbor. You don't even have to touch him. Look at him. I am one time. All you can see is your eye anyway. So I am one time. Let him know. I know you're carnal. (laughs) I live with you. I know you got some carnality at times, right? We all do. Everybody does. You know, if all you see me is right in here and you're watching from home and you just see me 25, 30 minutes of preaching and that's all you see of me every week, you, <laughs> you should talk to my wife. She'll tell you. I can be carnal sometimes. I can be, uh, allow my flesh to get the better of me sometimes and say things I shouldn't say, do things I shouldn't do, and react in ways I shouldn't react. I ain't always been able to sit on the phone for three hours with FEMA. You understand what I'm saying? There have been times where, I'll just admit to you, it was click. On a live person, not some remote robot, because I'd had enough of the crazy. Click. And you wonder sometimes, well, why do things get prolonged? Maybe in my hanging up, God might have been doing something in me to change me. Now, for all of you who are just like, you don't do that, and you're fine with people, and you're just so sweet on the phone, and, and when they charge charge you for a bill, and you're just the sweet kind of person that calls and says, oh, I just want to call and say, I think you might have made a mistake. Oh, you don't think you did? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, if, if that's you, I hate it for you, you know. You need, you're need you going to have to get a little backbone and deal with something. But I'm not wired that way, okay? You overcharge me, I'm going to call you and ask you about it. Hey, what, what what's up with this? I'm not being mean, but look, I got three kids. You know, if I overpay you, I got to underpay them, and I, them rascals eat a lot. So you understand what I'm saying. But my carnality at times, will drive my steps forward. And if I'm not careful, it'll also drive my steps backwards. And God is trying to say, hey, look, don't be carnally minded and keep looking back and looking back and looking back and wishing for the glory days. Why don't you look ahead? Get your eyes on me, you know, says the Lord. How many times has he said that? Get your eyes on me. Look at me. Look to the future. Look at where I'm going, not where I've been. And this is what the Bible says in Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. This is the beautiful thing about peace. I'm wrapping up with this. And, Cherish, you can come up. Peace brings something that we all desperately need right now. Okay? And that is something that people desperately want. But the problem is, if it's only been fulfilled in a natural method, then the problem is this, it can't be renewed, if you will, because they're seeking after natural methods to get what they had before. And that is in the area of refreshment. Now, <clears throat> after working outside, like, for hours yesterday, I was hot. It was a hot day yesterday, like it's going to be a hot day today. I was, uh, you know how they tell you in athletics and things like that, but <clears throat> if you... By the time you get to the point where you actually feel thirsty, you're you're dehydrated. You know, you, By the moment, by the time you go, hey, I'm thirsty now, the problem is you've been thirsty for hours. You just now, your body is actually warning you, saying, uh, you've got to have water. So <clears throat> by the time I was finished, man, I was so, I, I thought, oh, I'll just finish one more thing. I'll finish one more thing. You know how you do. You keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing, thinking, I'm going to finish one more task, one more task, one more task, and then... I'll get some water. Problem is, if you go that far, like for me, I get headaches. If I push that far and I go without water for that long, and by then water won't even do it, I need some like electrolytes, some Gatorade, some like, well, I don't like Florida that much, so I don't have a Gatorade. But anyway, maybe some Powerade or something, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, a little football thing there. But Pastor Tim, if you're watching, that was for you, my man. He's a buddy of mine. We always give each other grief. So I, uh, I need something stronger, and if not, man, my head is hurting. And that's because of lack of hydration. Peace will actually bring refreshment. There's a reason why Jesus slept in a boat in the middle of a storm. You say, Well, I'm not Jesus. I know. We're the disciples. Wake up. Don't you see that we're perishing? (laughs) Do you not care? That's how we feel right now. Do you not care? We're suffering in this world that you created. Why did you do? You know, that's us. We're in the boat. We're the disciples. Pick your disciple. You're one of them, right? I know we're not Jesus, but Jesus, because he's the Prince of Peace, can sleep. And I wonder if maybe we would yield to him more, we could rest too. Acts chapter three, verse nineteen. I'm going to read this to you from the message. It's a paraphrase. It's not an actual literal <clears throat> translation of the Bible, but it is a paraphrased version. Listen to what the scripture say. Acts three nineteen says. Now it's time to change your ways. Now it's time for you to change your ways. Now in a different version, it'll say repent. It just simply means to turn. Turn your face to God so that he can wipe away your sins. Watch this. Pour out showers of blessing to refresh you. And send you the Messiah that he prepared for you, namely Jesus. And one translation says this, now now it's time to repent or turn and repent to God so that he might send you watch this, times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. I love that verse of Scripture because here's the one thing I know about God. Anxiety is not from the Lord. You might have seasons of stress but it's Continued amount, continued stress is not from God. Anxiety is not from God. Worry is not from God. If it was, Jesus would have said, do not worry. That's not from the Lord. Anxiety, worry, have I said anxiety enough? Anxiety is not from the Lord. Frustration is not from God. Aggravation is not from God. Anger is not from God. The fruit of the Spirit is declared to us very clearly in Galatians. And guess what sits in the middle of one of the nine uh, fruit of the Spirit are fruits or descriptions of the Spirit, if you will. hate to say fruits, because people think, well, they're different. It's the Spirit. It's the result of the Spirit in us. What is one of the characteristics of that? It is peace. It's peace. And God says to us, I think if we would listen, it's time to change our ways. How much longer do we have to deal with this? How much longer do we have to have these issues? Maybe God is saying, hey, maybe... That prayer we've been praying as good little Christians, if any of you or if my people will call upon my name, but there's a key word in here it's called repent. And sometimes we think, well, we're sinful people. Maybe that's not it. I dare you to do the math on this and count up how much Sabbath time you've had in the season. How much Sabbath our country has been forced to take. And ask yourself, wasn't there something in the Bible somewhere? I think yeah, it was in there. For Israel, because they refused to acknowledge the Sabbath, that the Lord forced a Sabbath on Israel until her number of Sabbaths had been actually fulfilled. Go back and read it. Oh, God wouldn't dare do that. Now we're in a new covenant. <laughs> I don't know so much about that. Count up how much time you've had. And what a gift to be given all of a sudden. But we're fighting like crazy that I want everything back. But you've been given time. Just a thought. Just a thought. Maybe what God's trying to do is change some things in our lives. Today, I want to challenge you in this area of peace. The spirit of peace comes from God in this umpire that guards our heart. If it's peace, man, you can move in it but if it's not peace, why would you fight against the Lord? Today, I want to pray for you in this area. I don't know who you are or where you're at, but I just feel like in my heart, maybe there's some of you in this room, or maybe you're at home right now watching us. I just ask you right now just to take a posture before the Lord that is a a posture of receiving, whether it's maybe close your eyes before God, maybe you just have your hands up. Sometimes when I pray, I just turn my hands up towards the Lord like this. I just worship like this, and it's just a sign of surrender sometimes, and Whatever it might be between you and the Lord right now, I'm going to pray for you. You have anxiety in your heart. You're frustrated. You have fear. You have anger. You have completely in this situation, it is so frustrated you that you can't even spend the time with God that you want to because you're so frustrated. You can't get away from all the things that people are saying. It's just bombarding you, bombarding you, bombarding you. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I thank you for your peace. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of peace that fills our hearts, that guards our hearts and our minds. Lord, I thank you that your spirit, Lord, is filled with peace. And God, if there's anxiety, if there's frustration, or if there's anger, God, it is not from you. So today, we just repent from that. We turn from that. We ask you, Lord, to help us to have peace in our hearts, to lay down some things today, Lord, to lay down our anger, our frustration, to lay down our our, our hurts, our pains, or whatever it is that we're dealing with, to lay those things down today in the name of Jesus. And God, we turn towards you and we ask you to help us, Lord, that you give us times of refreshing in the spirit and in the, in the presence of the Lord. And we thank you for that. And Father, I pray if there's anybody here or anybody watching at home right now that doesn't know you, I pray that they would turn to you today. Simply going to pray a prayer right now for everyone in this room and for those of you who are watching online right now. If you're there and you say, I don't know Christ, maybe you're sitting there, you're hearing me talk, and you say, I don't have peace. And the reason I don't have peace is because I don't know Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You pray any way you want to pray. I'm going to pray this prayer. You just acknowledge God in any way you need to somehow, some way during this prayer. Just say something like this. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything that I have. I surrender everything to you. Dear Jesus, today I make you the Lord and the Savior of my life. I repent, I turn from the ways that I'm going down, and I turn towards you, and I ask you to forgive me, God. Release me from sin and bondage. I yield my life to you, I give you my family, I give you my resources, I give you my life. Anything, God, you ask of me, I am yours in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you right now. Church, would you give him a hand? Would you let him know it right now? So proud of you, so proud of you. Online as well right now, would you give him some love, let him some hearts, some likes, and whatever else is available on there. And listen, on your phone right now, this is what you can do, because in here as well, we don't have any paper that you can use. We're not doing any of that for, for quite some time, probably. But you can simply go to connect.cornerstonerome.com and you let us know through connect.cornerstonerome.com Man, you prayed that prayer, and we want to help you get started walking with Christ, help you Get started on a path of discipleship. For those of you here as well, that's how you would do the same thing. Just let us know by filling out that form. Let us know, man. We'll get in touch with you and get you started walking with Christ. Before we go, we always pray this over our church in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. Always declare this over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you, watch this, his peace. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you next time.